What's up, everybody? Welcome to Vikings Final Prep. I'm your host, Cy Amundsen, in studio with Chris Corso from Vikings.com. And we're getting you all caught up on all the sound you missed this week as the Minnesota Vikings prepare for the border battle, Monday Night Football, U.S. Bank Stadium. And Chris, even though the division itself isn't officially on the line on Monday. There are playoff implications on both sides of the field. Absolutely. There's a ton of teams in the NFC that are at 11-3 and right now. The Packers are one of them, currently sitting at the number two seed in the NFC, which means they would get a bye. The Vikings are 10-4, and just one game behind the Packers in the NFC North. Along with the tiebreaker going to the Packers, the Vikings would have to win the final two games of the season, with the Packers losing their final two games of the season, including one at U.S. Bank Stadium this Monday night, and then the Packers go to Detroit the last week, so... It's going to be tough for the Vikings to claim that NFC North, but a lot is on the line. It would be nice if the Lions could just take all that hurt from the refing incident in Week 6 and just channel it all into some sort of crazy upset uh, uh, late in the season to help us out. But we're at the point of the season where there's just so many things can happen and there's so many scenarios, and there there is no—the Vikings are not an exception to that. They could land, in theory, anywhere. In the one scene. They could, in, yeah, yeah. I I mean, you would need the Rams, uh, excuse me, the Niners and the Seahawks to tie. tie. (laughs) So I don't think we'll land in the one seed, but technically... They could land anywhere one through six with the exception of four uh, because, you know, the NFC uh, East has been very not good. Uh, but le- the, the thing that the, on top of possible division implications and the Vikings, the, you know, they can clinch by the time the game starts on Monday with some other things happening. But they could be playing for a playoff spot on Monday. But let me let me put something on top of that, because. When you start talking about the playoffs and this team making a run, you know your brain starts doing that thing like, what, what's the path for us? What's the, the ideal path? And to me, the ideal path is if you, if you wind up in the sixth seed, Chris, it's Green Bay at the three and Seattle at the one. Uh, you know, you never like to play on the road in the playoffs, but that's the position we're in. And both those teams, we have played in their buildings. They were one-score games. Had a chance to win in the final drive. Didn't play ideal in either of the games, and yes, still had a chance to win on the final drive. So to me, that's the ideal path. And if you want that path, you have to beat the Packers here because if they beat you, they're going to close out Detroit most likely and they will get the bye. So you're playing for your own ability to get into the playoffs, but if you want that path against teams you're familiar with and you've played against, uh, you have to take care of business on Monday night. Uh, there's a lot of interesting matchups anytime these two teams get together. Obviously, the trenches are interesting. You have Devontae Adams versus the at times struggling pass defense. Aaron Jones is versatile versus the run defense. Our running game versus their struggling run defense. You could talk about a ton of them, but it seems like, Chris, the only thing that people really want to talk about is Rodgers' cousins. And that's not just local. That's not just here in Green Bay. Everywhere. It's everywhere. It's been. It's felt like uh, that is what's also happening happening nationally. And uh, we are going to start out this week with a little bit from NFL Network and Kurt Warner, who is calling the game, I believe, for Westwood One. And uh, that is a point that he gets to. Well, I tell you what, I can't wait to call this game uh, on radio for Westwood One. I'm going to be there, and what a huge game this is. Um, you know, this is a funny matchup here because. Green Bay has been very good. They find ways to win. We know 
all about Aaron Rodgers. But I look at them and I go, I don't know if they're a great football team. I'm not sure there's an area where they just separate themselves from everybody else. So then you look at Minnesota and I may say they're the better team across the board uh, when you look at the different things that they can do. But bottom line here, Linz, we know it's Kirk Cousins against Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers plays great in these big moments. He always has. Kirk Cousins has not. And that, to me, is what this comes down to. You talk about the division riding on this. You talk about stakes going into the playoffs riding on this. And maybe more importantly, just Kirk Cousins showing everybody that he can win on this stage against another great quarterback, especially in the division. This is huge for them. But I still have to lean towards Green Bay. Ah, yes, Chris. The Aaron Rodgers is clutch and Kirk Cousins is not Stance. I you, I wonder if we'll hear that a few times before Monday. I think maybe. it'll be said on the broadcast yeah, by, uh, I, I think by it, Booger I, I, and Joe Tessator. Yeah, I think Booger, Booger it's just, I assume he just has a singular note card in front of him, and that's all that it says. And he's like, I'm going to repeat <laughs> this a bunch. Uh, I have a feeling, Chris, that the head coach does not feel the same way as Kurt Warner and the rest of the media. Yeah, it's funny because when the defensive line makes a big play and a sack is made, he doesn't give Daniil Hunter the credit for the sack. He calls it a team sack. I think you can kind of apply the same thing here. Kirk has done a great job for us this year. He's He's been outstanding. He's played great all year long. If, if we get beat on Monday night, it's not going to be because of Kirk Cousins. It's because we didn't win as a team. And uh, when we've won games this year, it hasn't been because of Kirk, even though he's played good, but we've won as a team. So we're just going to stick to that mantra that, that that's who we are and how we do things here. And, um, you know, hopefully he has a great game and hopefully we win. But uh, it's not all on him. It's, it's We have, you know, 22 other players uh, that are, are 21 other players, and uh, we ha- they have to go out and execute just as much as he does. But unfortunately, him and I get all the blame. That's exactly how you want your coach to respond in that situation. Uh, you know, that's that's the exact line you want him to walk. He's a veteran. He knows you, what he's doing. You understand. Why, but I will say the other side of it is, and, and also I agree with that. You know, there's so many things that go into a football game. There's so many things that can happen that, you know, the, the general fan sees a sack happen, and we might not completely understand why it took place. But I also understand from the media and the fan standpoint, like that narrative yeah, it does fall sometimes on the head coach, and it does fall on the quarterback, but that's that's not unique to sports. You know, if you run a company and your payroll doesn't turn in, you know, yeah, people might be mad at the payroll lady, but ultimately it falls on the boss of the company, right? So I, I, I understand why that narrative exists. I've always played the other side of it. I, I think it's just something that's kind of snowballed and gotten out of control. To me, this is an opportunity. I've said it all to you because I think Kirk is a very, very good quarterback. And if anybody's watched any of their games this year, they understand that he's a very, very good quarterback. This is this is that op- like it's the one box left to check. It's that it's that clutch box. It's the and unfortunately in the Seattle game, you and I have talked about this. It was right there, man. It, you had the ball with two whatever minutes left to play, down by four. You could have won the game. You could like it was there. You could have eliminated all that. I, and that's why I know there are a lot of fans out there that want to see us go out and just wipe the Packers. They would love it to be forty-eight ten. I know this is an insane take. I want to be down four with a minute 50 to play, and I want the ball in Kirk's hands. Because let's be honest, most likely 
with the exception of a disaster down the stretch here, this Vikings team is going to the playoffs. And I want them to go into the playoffs with a mentality that they can overcome and complete anything. And just it's like, you know when a shooter's having a bad night, Chris? And they, they're clanking. Time to keep shooting. They're clanking threes. They always, you always hear somebody say, they just got to see one, one go, go through in. the net. Yep. That's, I, I'm such a believer in Kirk. I want to see him see one. Like once that happens, once he has that happen, I think this we'll look back at this discussion and his Monday night record years from now, and it'll all seem silly. So I, it's the thing that I really want to see. You know who hasn't seen one go in at U.S. Bank Stadium? God, <laughs> that's Aaron Rodgers. He has not won a game in the building at U.S. Bank Stadium. I credit that. Big time to the fans, obviously the defensive line as well and the way they've played um, in recent years against Aaron Rodgers, but I would not like to see him see one go in <laughs> this time at U.S. Bank Stadium. Chris can't get through a show without mentioning that it's Aaron fa- Rodgers is favorite, winless at U.S. Bank. There's set. not even hardly wood in here to <laughs> knock on to counteract your <laughs> awful, awful jinxing. Uh, you know who else? Uh, I have a very high opinion of Aaron Rodgers, and the guy we were just talking about also has a very high opinion of Aaron Rodgers, and he does. He understands what what's at stake and generally handles that pretty well. This week on Under Center with Kirk Cousins, uh, Kirk got into Aaron a little bit, how he plays and and how he handles his business. Well, he, he's got the combination of three things that make a great quarterback. He's got a quick mind, he's got a quick arm, and he's got quick feet. And uh, as he's aged, you know, in his mid-30s now, the quick arm and the quick feet have not slowed down. And the quick mind only has gotten stronger as he's played for more years and built up more reps. Uh, you see the way he's protected the football again this season with only two interceptions. I think he only had two last year. Um, you know, that basically is becoming the norm for him, you know, so it's not a surprise. Um, you know, people talk about Tom Brady being, being the GOAT, and, mm-hmm. and certainly, you know, when you look at the production, it's hard to argue against that. But, you know, Aaron's production and the plays, individual plays he makes uh, with the arm talent that he has, it's a once-in-a-generation kind of player. And um, I know with the Patrick Mahomes you know, coming up now, there's some throws that he makes that are special. But, you know, Aaron, Aaron does some things that, uh, you know, quarterbacks just on average aren't, aren't doing, and uh, it's unique to him. I, I love what he said there, and that's the thing that I've always said when he said he has a quick mind, quick arm, quick feet. I've, I, I, as much as I despise the Packers, I've always – and, you know, Brett Favre was fun. You, like, you hated Brett Favre when he was on the Packers, but you couldn't help but begrudgingly be like, man, he's fun to watch. With Aaron, you don't like him. He's not fun to watch because he's a, a whiny little child at times, but you, his abilities, I've said this forever, he's, like, he's got Steve Young's feet, Dan Marino's arm, and Tom Brady's brain. I, the, the dude is so shockingly talented and terrifying on the football field I, I've just you. I've never seen anything like it. Like you said, we'll see what happens with Mahomes, but he is incredible. Uh, we will be right back with more sound here on Vikings final prep. Uh, but before we leave, get ready for kickoff all season long with Vikings Blend at Caribou Coffee. 10% of all proceeds go back to University of Minnesota Masonic Children's Hospital. Purchase in-store today or at Caribou coffee.com and hey help the salvation army fight for good by giving at a red kettle you see them all over the place you can donate at one of those but you can also donate online at salvation army north 
Org. No amount is too small. Hey everybody, welcome back to Vikings Final Prep. Cy Amundsen here with Chris Corso from Vikings.com. And hey, did you know the Minnesota Vikings mascot, Victor, has lost his mustache? And he needs your help finding it in his new children's book, Where's Victor's Mustache? Join him on an A to Z voyage through Minnesota as you help him find his beloved mustache. Buy the book at any Vikings locker room store or at vikings.com slash mustache. Chris, uh, as we prepare for this game, I think other than the Rodgers-Cousins matchup, the main thing that is on everybody's mind is the health status of one Dalvin Cook. Went down in the Chargers game, a little bit scary, seemed to be all right on the sideline. Now we're inching towards it looking like he maybe doesn't play. I think, honestly, a lot of this is going to come down to because Zimmer said in his Monday press conference, if he needed to go, he could go, right? He's doing all right. If he had to go, he could go. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. But a lot of it, in uh, the way I interpret that is what's at stake. If the 49ers beat the Rams on Saturday and the Vikings are locked up, you know, I, I think that'll probably play into the decision. But Delvin himself addressed the injury, how he was feeling, and what he thinks going forward uh, let's go to that, Chris. You know, I went down in the game on Sunday. Um, it's my shoulder. And, you know, I'm going to go through my normal routine of getting ready for, you know, Monday night. And we're going to see how it go. So I've been in the training room, you know, every day, starting my mornings early every day. And, you know, just grinding and trying to get my shoulder right so I could be available when my team need me. Hey, Dalvin, is it a similar injury? It's my shoulder. I, you know, in the details of the body, you know, you can ask Shug's them, but it's my shoulder. Are you optimistic that you'll be able to go? I'm a, like I just said, I'm going to go through my normal preparation, and you know, if I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go. The other one's your chest right now, your shoulder. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Being Mike, that's Mike. Um, yeah, like I said, that's why we trust all our guys, man. You know, we got guys in the backfield that can shoulder the load. And you seen that on Sunday with Boone stepping in, Amir stepping in, and CJ taking some carries. And it just shows, you know, next man up mentality. And, and that's the type of mentality we got in that room. Delvin, is it more about pain management now for you? Like whether I can take the pain to play or further damage? Uh, it's just about getting healthy. Like, no pain. And, all that come with the game. Yeah, you could you can bear so much, you can do so much, but it's all about being healthy, and I think you know that's when I'm at my best for my team. What, what's the difference, kind of? I mean, after the uh, injury against Seattle, you said, "Hey, I'm playing. I'll be out there," and you were. But now you're not saying that. Does that indicate this one is more severe? No, or? It's just two different injuries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Delvin, is there any thought to just? You know, shutting it down, not playing the last two games and try to be as ready as you can for the playoffs? Uh, like, I, like I just – no, I'm going to say it again, and I, I'm going to be my last time answering the questions about them. I'm going to go through my normal week of preparation of getting ready for the game. I don't know, I'm going to spend as much of the time as I can in the training room to get ready to play, and then we're going to go from there. You know, it's, it's a different injury than I had before. It's my shoulder this time. But, you know, that's where we at with it. 
Chris, I feel like he's going to go through his normal week of preparation in preparing for the game. <laughs> yeah, that's he made that pretty clear. The uh, I, you know, I I'm as a uh, a worrier. I always lean on the side of caution. I, I think, especially if you have a chance to get into the playoffs, I want a very very healthy Delvin Cook. The issue is not only did Cook not practice, but Alexander Madison also out Thursday. Um, but you know, let me let me toss you something uh, to sit with. This team did something pretty rare coming into the season. They kept five backs. That does, often teams are keeping five wide receivers and four backs, but including C.J. Ham, they kept five backs, and that is uh, I think that's a testament to how the coaching staff feels about these guys. So obviously we want Delvin Cook out there. Obviously we want Alexander Madison out there. But you saw you saw Mike Boone. On Sunday, we know Abdullah can play football. We've seen CJ Ham not just block but be successful in the running game. So, yes, we want those guys out there, but I do think the staff has faith. When, when Delvin says next man up, the staff truly has faith in the guys below him. And it's not like we're playing the number one rush defense in the NFL. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, Cy, all five of those backs have a touchdown this season, which is awesome. Um, but like you said, the Packers do not have the best rushing defense. They're in the 20s ranked in the NFL. The total defense is 23rd, and that's mainly because of the rushing defense being poor this season. Um we saw it in the first time the Vikings played them in Lambeau. They ran all over this team. Dalvin Cook had about 170 all-purpose yards in that game. Yeah, and that's that's the, that's the book on the Packers, in my opinion. If they jump out to an early lead and can play their style, they are difficult. If you make them play from behind and you can run on them, they're going to have a really hard time uh, catching up. You know, uh, my we always, as we do this show, Chris, we sift through all the sound and pick out what we think are the best things for Viking fans to listen to, and it's it's usually coming from a lot of the same sources. This week, uh, you and I, before we even spoke to each other, we both knew that there was a no-brainer. KFAN and the Vikings have announced a five-year partnership moving forward. We celebrated by having everybody out at the Vikings facility and a lot of players on on a lot of different shows but probably the best moment of the day, Afadi is on 9 to noon with PA discussing his big touchdown from the Chargers game, and I just I absolutely loved it. With, um, uh, with that 56-yard fumble recovery touchdown, which always makes you smile after the game, right now, listening to the highlight or whatever, did you get tired at the end of that run? Uh, yeah, I was tired the whole time, to be honest, because <laughs> like, before that we had the, it was like a two-minute drill. Yeah. So in that two-minute drill, I think um, Philip Rivers had converted a couple of first downs. So, you know, as a defensive lineman, we're out there trying to give our best pass rush move. I'm pulling everything out of the <laughs> repertoire. Yeah. And um, so when, uh, when I saw Daniil strike, uh, uh, level the offensive tackle and hit yeah. Philip Rivers, I initially see the ball. I'm like, oh, baby, there's the baby. <laughs> oh, I fell on it. No, I dropped oh. it. What's going to happen? Everybody's going to make fun of me. <laughs> so then I got back up like, I gotta redeem myself. And yeah. um, fortunately, Eric Hendricks' pursuit, he knocked the ball out. I'm like, yeah. oh, I get a second bite at the apple. And then you have Daniil just, because um, I remember as soon as I picked the ball up, I'm like, oh, God, I got the ball. <laughs> uh, then I'm looking around. <laughs> and I see the offensive tackle. I'm like, all right, I Come gotta, on. I gotta beat that guy. Wait, you were thinking about all of oh, that yeah. in that quick, oh, in yeah, that I, short I, amount I, of time? I, I'm telling you, because so when I, so initially when I dropped the ball, I was like, I can't believe I just dropped the ball. Like, this is all going. So then I'm running, I'm running, and I'm like, I pick up the ball, and I'm like, because it's kind of scary when you pick up the ball from like, 
from facing the team because I don't know who's behind me. Yeah. Because kind of like for the running back, he went and picked it up and he was trying to run and Eric Kendricks came out of nowhere and hit him behind. Right. So I was thinking like, oh, that's going to happen to me. So I picked it up. I was like, oh, no one's here. Yeah. So, I'm like, so if you see my <laughs> eyes, I'm looking around like, who do I need to be? I need to score this. Hey. There's that offensive tackle. Then I see Daniil come out of nowhere. Yeah. Just like, come on. He's on my team. Yeah, you got Russell Okung. Yeah. So, so I, I, I think Daniil buried both tackles. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, it's, hey. A, it's a fascinating play to watch hey. back because of Daniil taking care of a tackle, then taking care of the other tackle. Yeah. But Kendricks goes for the ball. Yes. And, and doesn't get it. It bounces around. But then when you get it, he's smart enough and to hold the so, guy down. And, and this is what Coach Zim, um, so a lot of people have been calling me since the play, and they've been asking me, um, so do you guys execute this? I was like, no, this is straight improv. Like we improvised that, but I think it's going back on what Coach Zim says that the thing he wants in this defense on the team is just effort. So I think it's just from a from what Daniel did, him um, he got chips on the play, mm. made that effort to get the ball out, knock it down. I try to pick it up, I initially bobble it, and I'm getting back up, running it. Eric Kendrick sees the guy, sees the running back. He runs there, tackles him, knocks the ball out. He sees me pick up the ball, then he holds the running back. And like you would have thought we practiced that. We've been doing that for years. And it was just pretty cool to see all three of us just be on the same page like that. So great to see Afadi have such a wonderful moment. He's worked hard. He's a good dude. He deserves it. And it was such a big play for the team as a whole in that moment. Uh, That is going to do it for us here on Vikings Final Prep. A couple of quick broadcast notes. If you want to watch it on television, ES. PN, the worldwide leader, Joe Tessitore on the call, and a man named Booger doing the color. If you're listening on radio, national radio, Westwood One, play-by-play, the incredible Kevin Harlan. Analyst, Kurt Warner, who you heard earlier in the program, was sideline reporter, Laura Oakman. And I think you should listen to it on local radio, KFAN 100.3, also K Talk 1130 in Minneapolis, St. Paul. Play by play PA analyst Pete Bursich, sideline reporters Greg Coleman, and the stupid handsome Ben Lieber. And as always, guys, the radio pregame show starts on the fan with Mike Musman, 5 p.m. Central. Enjoy the game, and we will see you guys next week. <laughs>